much to Emily for doing such a wonderful job with children's time while Pastor Caroline is out of town this week. We are not necessarily leaving the theme of Thanksgiving, but we are wrapping into it. Um, the theme of this last Sunday of the Christian year, which is Christ the King Sunday. And so we're going to be hearing a text that we don't usually hear at this time of year. This is um, usually a Good Friday text. Um, But um, we're going to spend a little time on what it means um, to say that Christ is King. So we are in John's Gospel. We're in chapter 18, and we're going to begin reading at verse 33. Listen for the word of God. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? And Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. And Pilate asked him, So you are a king? And Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O God, our rock and redeemer. Amen. So it's interesting to think about um, perspective, particularly with regard to this Sunday, which is right before Thanksgiving, and so many of us are wrapped up in the preparations for family gatherings and uh, for a big meal, or we have plans perhaps to go out um, and to invite uh, friends to our tables um, and to be hearing this text (laughs) from John's Gospel requires a bit of a shift um, in perspective. Um, And also, uh, it's interesting to consider perspective um, from the point of view of the chancel. So, um, our brass players here, as they look toward this side of the sanctuary, um, they see these stained glass windows that are here, Jesus with the children, um, and other stained glass windows, but From this side, and this is where I sit every Sunday, this is the stained glass window that fills my view every Sunday. The one of Jesus hanging on the cross with all that beautiful red stained glass. And as we think about what it means to call Christ King, to call Christ Lord, we have a couple of considerations as far as perspective goes. Um, One of them is this, is that as people who live in the United States, we have never lived under a monarchy. 
And actually, it is in our history to not have much respect for monarchies. Right? And, um, and yet we use king language when we talk about Jesus. Um, we also uh, don't um, have much experience um, with working the land under a lord of the manor. Generally speaking, there are some in our culture um, that in their history did have that experience, sharecroppers, slaves. Um, But for those who are privileged in our culture, we don't have that experience. And so I think that it behooves us um, to consider this language, these words, king and lord, and how we might appropriate those, um, especially considering um, Jesus of Nazareth and who we have come to believe that he is. So we've got this scene in this often used Good Friday text of Jesus before Pilate. He has been arrested and he has gone before the high priest and the high priest um, has sent him on to Pilate who is the governor, the Roman governor of Judea. And it's interesting to just consider a couple of things about this text. So throughout the Gospels, all four Gospels, Pilate appears to be sometimes a little (laughs) wishy-washy. He appears to be somebody that wants to please the crowds. And it's interesting to note, and I think very important to note, that the Gospel writers have some really specific reasons for doing this. Okay? Because when you dig into the historical records, the Roman historical records, Pilate was nothing like wishy-washy. In fact, he was recalled to Rome because he was such a tyrant. He made heavy, heavy use of Roman soldiers, particularly during festival times. He would use uh, crucifixion as a means of crowd control when so many pilgrims would come streaming into Jerusalem and there was a greater chance of unrest. So he is not, uh, his historical uh, uh, persona really doesn't square with the way the Gospels have it. So what might be John's reason for showing Pilate in this kind of light? And, you know, having Pilate and Jesus in kind of almost a philosophical type discussion about uh, kingship, and then later on about truth and what truth is. Um, And I think, I think it is because John wants to really get at this issue of kingship and the type of kingship that is being ascribed to Jesus of Nazareth. And so they have this conversation And Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world, because if it were, my followers would rise up um, and defend me because I'm being handed over. But that's not what I'm about. So what is Jesus' kingship about? Well, if we go back and we look at the stories of who Jesus tended to hang around, Jesus tended to hang around people who were marginalized. 
as some commentators put it, the ragtag and bobtail, a kingdom of nuisances and nobodies, people that don't count, especially in the Roman Empire. And also what we have in this text is a contrast between Pilate, who represents the power of the Roman Empire, which is very, very earthy and earthly, and then the power of Jesus Christ. And they are definitely two different things. And so when we try to think about what kind of king we are talking about, when we talk about Jesus Christ as being king and being Lord, I think it helps to look at who he hung around, who he uh, shaped his parables for, those that were around when he performed miracles. And one commentator describes Jesus' kingship this way. Jesus is the king who serves the other. He is the king who dies for the other. He is the king who is ridiculed, scorned, and mocked. Most insufferable, most repugnant of all is the fact that he is a powerless, powerless sovereign. Or so it seems by our standards. Dying on a cross throne, Jesus is thrice taunted for the fact that he does not save himself. As opposed to every other king, Christ is unguarded. He disavows the protection of armies. He rejects self-defense. He abjures force. This is a king? No. This is a scandal. This is a stumbling block. Thus, to repress Christ's title of king is to repress the earth-shaking revolution of his realm. The kingdom that Jesus leads, that Jesus represents, is a kingdom that is inside out, in which the nuisances and nobodies find a sense of self and a sense of calling and a sense of agency Those who do not receive the grace of this world, if we can say there's any grace in the world, a world that seems bent on destroying itself, receive the grace of a God who has chosen to take on flesh in this wandering rabbi from Nazareth, who has said that the kingdom is about serving others, about washing their feet. It's a very, very different kingdom from the empire that the world offers. This is the one we call king. This is the one we call Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen.